Welcome to the Empath and the Narcissist Podcast, where you regain your sparkle back after narcissistic abuse. I am your host, Raven Scott, a trauma-informed spiritual mentor, certified meditation teacher, and human design expert. I'm empowering empaths in recovery and healing from narcissistic abuse, childhood trauma through human design, self-care, mindfulness advice, and expert interviews. Subscribe now. This is season five, episode 59, the Human Design Center series, the vulnerability to narcissism and its criticism, the sacral center. In the human design world, there are two types of beings or like a subcategory after you've understood what your type is. They are called sacral beings or non-sacral beings. If your sacral center is defined, you are called, or I guess lumped into the category of being a sacral being. And if your sacral center is white and is open, then technically you are a non-sacral being. What does this mean? Does that make you less human? (laughs) I'm gonna answer all of this in today's episode and to help you understand the toxic interactions with the unconscious and unaware humans who may be expecting the non-sacrals to be just as busy and consistent as the sacral beings. So let's dive into this. So if you have your chart in front of you, the sacral center is the square center almost at the very bottom. It's right above the very bottom square kind of like in the belly button region of the chart. And again, reading from my book in chapter 12, Empath and the Narcissist, the sacral center is the life force. This center is a motor and is where your being resides. This is where the workforce comes from, the life force, reproduction, energy, stamina, all of this life force comes from the sacral center. So if you have an open or uncolored sacral center, you are a person that has an open sacral. You need lots of breaks and you may appear lazy, which is what we'll talk about in the toxic section. You may appear lazy, but you don't have the defined motor and you need the collective to help get projects and things done. If you try to keep up with those who have the motor defined, you will burn out. And if you have a defined center, which is again, going back to the the label sacral beings, the defined sacral center is your energy motor for doing. You have it within you. You are the energizer bunny. It is like a battery that consistently just keeps turning and turning and turning. And it's a battery for doing. You need to exhaust your motor daily. So you actually have to do the opposite of the open or you have to work hard. You have to keep going, doing all the things, exercising so that you can have a really good night's sleep, right? You're not tossing and turning in your sleep. Being creative, working and exercising a whole bunch is really important for you. So 
the open sacral center people may be looking at the defined people when you're unaware and you go, oh my gosh, I'm so jealous. I can't believe they get so much done in one day. Like that's insane. And that's just the defined center working. So what you get to do when you have an open center in your sacral is to amplify that. So when you want to get something done, get in the aura of your defined sacral center partner or friend and just be able to hammer it out and get it done. And then when you're out of their aura, you can rest, relax, and not feel guilty that you're lazy. And we're going to tap into that myth here in just a moment. So let's start into the open, non-sacral beings and really bust out some mysteries. Maybe you have been feeling your entire life that you are just lazy and always down on yourself to keep pushing and do better and do more because maybe your parents said so, because the school system says that that's the way to do it, because that is the capitalist modem of just always producing and producing to make money in society. But if you are 30% of the people who are non-sacral, you are also a non-generator. So we're talking reflectors, projectors, and manifestors. Those three types have an undefined sacral. So you, you are a non-sacral being. You are not here to be working nine to five. You are not here to be working 40 hours a week. You are here to guide. You are here to spark, inspire, but not to be overwhelmed in the details, spending time in the grind of the process. You are here to guide. When a center is white, it amplifies the center that is colored in. So when you are around a sacral being, you are full of energy. You are on fire. You could take on the world, right? You feel like you have more energy than this defined constant cycle of energy. And a lot of times you might find you get your done work really fast at work because you're surrounded by sacrals. But then when you get home, you have zero motivation to do any homework, work, whatever, right? housework and that's okay because you've exhausted your energy your energy fields and you need to rest it's important to rest and what's interesting is to recharge it's best to be alone because again you're always amplifying when you're with these sacral beings so it can be really exhausting to always be recharging with them as well like you're never actually really you're always amplifying. You're never really fully restoring and emptying out your reserves. So sometimes I recommend to people to sleep alone, almost like having a sleep divorce, which helps actually grow your relationship stronger because you have full body rests. And also before you go to sleep, if you are a non-sacral being, you need to take time by yourself alone to read and decompress. I would say give it a good whole hour. Get some herbal tea or lavender, a really good book. Go into a quiet room where no one is. Maybe that's your own bedroom and your partner's not there yet. Or if it's a child, it's the bedroom. It's really hard because kids always want to hang out with us. But at a certain age, when and you can 
encourage them to go take some time to wind down before bed, do so. And right now, when they're little, I have little ones, we do it together. We're winding down, we're sitting in bed before bedtime together, and hopefully that will model it for her as she becomes an adult. It'll just be a habit and she'll do it on her own. You want to do this before you get tired because you will kind of experience restless sleep and insomnia if you push yourself and you go to bed beyond when you're tired. Yeah, so because all night long you have that other defined, you know, sacral center next to you, sometimes it can be too much and you need to sleep on your own. And that's perfectly fine. I think this whole stigma of like we all need to sleep in the same bed together, even a happily married couple is unhealthy if they're not sleeping in the same bed. Like I remember having to bust that myth so much. Both myself and my husband are sacral. But for some reason in the last house that we lived in, I think there was definitely like a spirit or an energy that he couldn't, like it was so uncomfortable for him. And he felt like confined in in that particular bedroom. Obviously the feng shui was off. (laughs) And so he would always end up sleeping and opting to even fall asleep out in the living room. And the myth is, well, we had an argument. And so therefore the person in the doghouse has to go sleep on the couch. But that doesn't have to be the only circumstance, right? You can have a an, another bed in a separate room, sleep. To I mean, you're not even conscious anyways. And maybe you're someone who likes to snuggle. Maybe you're not. I mean, everyone's totally different, right? But it's important to know that we all need to recharge on our own. And it doesn't have to be together in the bedroom. And that's a huge myth that I think we should bust, especially when we are with someone who is abusive you know you need your time alone to regather yourself and to gather yourself up or if you're healing and you're out and let's say you are with a new partner you still need time to gather yourself and regenerate no matter what kind of sacral being you are but it's highly imperative for the non-sacral beings meaning your sacral center is white and open let me know if this resonates you can hop on my dms or email me and join the community And yeah, reply back to the emails and let me know what you think about this non-sacrals. I'm still studying. I don't experience it firsthand, but I am observing my daughter who is in my house. She has a tendency to take longer to fall asleep, I think still because she's in the same room with her sister who is a sacral being. And her sister does all the things. She's, you know, making craft projects all day and running around and playing And so she falls asleep very quickly. And my projector next to her doesn't. And then she sees that and it frustrates her. And so she asks, how can I fall asleep faster? And that's just another encouragement to you. If you feel like you take a long time to fall asleep, practice eliminating your energy, doing that bedtime, nighttime routine on your own, and still expect that maybe you won't fall asleep right away. And that's okay. I also think, to be honest, which it's so hard with two different mindsets. At nighttime, I would even go further and challenge you if you're finding it hard to fall asleep. And I'm, I don't know why I'm going down this sleep rabbit hole, but a really fun thing that I did, and I experiment with them when they were toddlers. I want to try it again now that they're older. But we always try and keep the lights dim because my husband's like, this is ridiculous. I don't believe in it. But the whole like white light versus red light, you know, our down light LED lights 
they signify a very cool, bright sunshine temperature into our retinas. And they're also, it's also shining down just like the sun. So if we have those on, it's tricking our brain and the hormones for sleep, the sleep hormones aren't kicking on. And if you let your house go completely dark, use candles or red lights, ideally, that would be a definite way to go to try and see if maybe the lighting, right? Don't watch TV or your screen for at least an hour before bedtime. And all those things really, truly affect us. So all that to say, non-sacral beings, you are more sensitive. You do need time away. You need to really focus in on how you can help yourself sleep and be able to eliminate the excess energy that you've amplified from the people around you. If you are a sacral being and it is defined, this is the generators and manifesting generators of the world. The sacral is a powerful motor. It's like a machine. People might even comment to you, wow, you are a machine. Yes, you are because you just have the time, the effort, the brain capacity, and the energy motor to get stuff done and to work consistently, work uh, like hard and long. And so not to say, well, we'll get into the toxic interactions, but let's get back to, sorry, I was about to talk about like lazy narcissist versus the working empath, right? You go to work, you come home, you do the laundry, you do everything, you're cooking for them, you're taking care of them like a child. I would say that's not quite an open center, but we'll get into that in the toxic interaction section. But yeah, that's a whole nother thing. It's hard to really apply narcissism, I feel like, to the sacral because it's a being other than that judgmental mindset, which is all the way up in the head. So let's just keep on going and see what comes up. So you have consistent work. Don't find yourself feeling guilty for resting also because you don't want to burn out. <laughs> you Just because you can doesn't mean that you should. So today I had in my calendar that I was going to record a whole bunch of episodes. And after I guided the live Luvo meditation on the Luvo app, it was for a peaceful day. And we actually, I guided them through the Ho'oponopono prayer. You can download the free app and find the live replay in the one right below that recorded meditations. It's underneath the live meditation section. Anywho, I went through the Ho'oponopono prayer and it cleaned out a whole bunch of shoulda, woulda, couldas in my subconscious. And I really had a beautiful, peaceful day afterwards of house cleaning, which I normally don't do. So I felt like I wanted to focus in on making sure this is tourist season, getting my home in order and my garden in order. I replanted two plants. I really just enjoyed myself in all the activities versus sitting down and batching a whole bunch of episodes, which I felt like would have been too much in a burnout. Batching is great, but you know, not when you feel like you have to, right? Like, so I'm thinking about all of you entrepreneurs out there that are thinking about what you have to do. Like take a day, even though you're a sacral being as our wise non-sacrals would give us advice and say, you're doing too much. Take a day, relax, spend time for you, spend time for yourself, go out and walk in nature, sit in nature and just be because that is also a lesson to learn from those who have an open sacral center. 
In addition, when you have this defined and you're tuned in, this means that this is your authority. Now, the authority is like your roadmap to your intuition. It is how you know you're making the most soul-aligned decision is if you're following your inner authority. And every single time, if you have a defined sacral and you are a generator and you have an open solar plexus, your authority will be sacral. And this is that inner authority where you need to listen to your gut. Your intuition is literally in your gut and you ask it yes or no questions. So is it a, should I stay with the narcissist after this argument? Your intuition is gonna say, mm-mm. It's gonna make that noise too. And maybe in your childhood that noise was rude, right? Like, use your words is what you would always be told. And so it was deconditioned out of you to use your humming, your sacral decision-making noise. So allow that to come back by practicing in the small things. Do I want to eat chicken tonight? Mm-hmm. Yes. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe. Or a mm-mm. No. I don't want any meat. I'm vegan, right? Like just start asking yourself obvious questions and start to hear like what is coming up out of your sacral and start practicing with the small stuff. And as it gets bigger into big decisions like a job, work, marriage, relationships, life, death, all of the things moving, you will trust your sacral, your right way of making correct aligned decisions for your soul and your life here on earth. And yeah, then you will really know for sure you're making the right decision. It's pretty amazing, very magical. And so as we, let's dive into the toxic interactions. I really feel like I'm going to stretch this here because the sacral is all about doing and being. So it's not so much about ex expressing, people telling you things, or an idea of a black and white idea like most narcissism has. It is more so about being. I mean, just being a non-sacral being does not make you lazy. This is where the toxic interaction will come into play is the judgmental person, the narcissist will see you maybe not contributing as much to the chores in the house, right? You're always skimping out. You're always sitting on the sidelines and we're all cleaning up. And maybe it's vice versa. Maybe you're the empath and you feel like that and the narcissist is the one sitting on their butt. Not to give anyone an excuse because like I said, the non-sacral being can amplify now, the other trick part is the root center. <laughs> Are they motivated, depending on what the definition of the root is, to do it right now or not is another question, which we'll get into another episode when we cover the root center. But if you have the open center and everyone else is cleaning up and doing chores, you kind of should be the one looking like you're cleaning faster because you're amplifying, maybe, and kind of like feeling like you have so much energy because of the amplification. So this one's a really tricky one because I would say that the biggest pain point here is laziness because you're not doing enough or you're doing too much or you're comparing yourself to others and you see someone posting consistently on social media every day, maybe multiple times a day. <laughs> see, I'm 
you know, like me. I mean, I I have this problem where maybe I have so much ideas and energy that I'll post a couple times a day if I'm not conscious. And my social media manager, who is a projector, will say, are you sure you want to post? Like, he, he always asks it nicely, like, how many times do you want to post today? And I'm like, I know, I'm posting too much. <laughs> and he, he's never judgmental, like, well, no, yeah, you are. But at the same time, you wanna, we want to make sure everyone catches up and listens to you. But the beauty about the sacral is it's all about being. So if you love something, this is part of your strategy as a generator. It's just do it love it share it express it like have it be your essence and your being so if you love gardening and that's something that you think that could be a thing to bring you healing do it share it love it be it right exude the being and then the other toxicity side of to that is that the narcissist will say well no that's not right that's that's gardening that's dumb or like, let's say you're thinking about starting up your own business or side hustle. It's not dumb. There are a lot of gardeners and people who love gardening that can create and produce beautiful art and can make a whole lot of money. And it just is a matter of how passionate you are. But the narcissist will say, nope, nope, that's a dumb idea. Why would you do that? That's stupid, right? They're thinking about themselves. Like they need you to make sure that you keep your corporate job, let's say your nine to five so that they have the comforts of the alcohol that you buy every week, right? Maybe you're in charge of the alcohol runs or also the food or paying for half of the, the rent if you're renting or mortgage or all of it. And the narcissist is not paying any. I mean, there's so many scenarios where the narcissist is using you financially, abusing you. Either they're controlling the finances or they're making you be the slave to the finances and they're not contributing at all. And this is part of the being and doing, right? Because the sacral is the working force, the work, the energy to bring in the resources and the money, talking about Taurus season, bringing in that, the resource. So you can bring in resources if you have either type of sacral center, open or defined. It's just a matter of how smart do you work, right? So the, the non-sacrals need to work smarter, not harder. And put, you know, and the sacrals need to work consistently. And really, it's not judging how work should be done. The toxicity is, oh, well, work should be like the Industrial Revolution, you know, initialized. It should be Monday through Friday, nine to five. If you work any less than that, you're a lazy person and you're not going to make money and you're going to miss out. Like, that's the toxic mindset about this working and being the narcissism in our society. I know in California they were or have already passed a law that it's legal if a company wants to, that they can have set their schedule where their workers work four days a week and they have a three-day weekend. Wouldn't that be awesome? My daughter, who is also a sacral being, manifesting generator, was like, why do we have three-day weekends all the time? And I didn't bring that up to her because that would have really discouraged her because she had to go to school, which is still five days a week. So I thought in the back of my head, yeah, why not? Why don't you be the, the game changer for the entire school system to do have kids go to school four days a week? But I know the school system is a bigger beast and it revolves around childcare, not just always about what the children need. And there's a lot of information the kids need to learn. And they have to give them. 
So all of these different things, right? It's just the construct. What is really the right construct to learn? There is no right way. We all are unique and there's two different ways. You can do it where you're learning through creativity and, and more organic ways of learning. You may work outside in the field versus inside in front of a computer. There's all these different ways, but the real toxic interaction is judging that there should be one way to do something. And it's only that one way is the right way. And that's just not true. Just because there's the majority who can do so much and keep going with stamina, doesn't mean that everybody can do that and keep going with stamina. A lot of you manifestors and projectors, you need lots of breaks. You need more art time, more downtime for your brain to express their creativity in life, even in work. More time to go do yoga during your lunch break, you know, have more like a Spanish style siesta where it's not just like a 30 minute lunch break and then you're back to the grind. That doesn't work for the non-sacral beings. And so I guess what I see more in this toxic interaction is in the system. Of course, one-on-one relationships, of course, the expectation that your partner should be working this many hours to bring in money because you need them to, because you're lazy and you're a narcissist and you don't want to work, or you have your own job as a narcissist, but you have to have a perfect outward perception of life in a relationship. But that's not, the one way isn't perfect. I think that's the biggest flaw with narcissism is they think that, We have to look like perfect citizens on the outside, but even so, like that's one way. That is not, the perfect way is not one way. Like that is the slippery slope with what happened in World War II. There's not one type of human race that's ideal or perfect. Therefore, there's not one type of job or way to appear out into the world that is perfect. Perfectionism is a real problem. And it also seeps into our open center children and thinking that, or even you, you think that you have to be perfect. You have to do it this way and you have to have this much energy. And, and if you don't, then, you know, you're not favored and you're not smart and you're not gonna amount to anything. Like the FOMO is so intense and real for non-sacrals. It's scary, but it doesn't have to be that way. And so what we need to do is to really own are beings, non-sacral or sacral, and embrace each other's uniquenesses and understand that we're so different and we don't have to all do and be in the same type of way. Perfectionism is non-existent. There is no one way of doing. And the narcissist can't convince you any further that this way is the perfect way and we must do it. It doesn't exist. That's just a one person's ego construct it doesn't exist (sighs) so let's move on to our affirmations to close for each type of sacral for the open sacral center i am not here to work in the traditional way i can work hard in short bursts and then i need alone time to discharge the extra energy i carry For the defined sacral, I wait with grace and patience, knowing that the right opportunities will show up 
for me. All I have to do is respond to the world while I do what I love. I will joyfully do the right work and be with the right people. And for both, I fiercely honor the uniqueness of each of our sacrals and respect the boundaries and needs of one another. How do you know you're on the right path? The healing journey is unique to each person and it takes one baby step at a time. The truth about narcissists, journal ritual, EFT tapping, mirror work, connect with your healed ancestor, Ho'oponopono prayer, dealing with difficult people meditation, gratitude journal, and human design 101. These are just some of the few tools that I have included in the Empath and Narcissist book, A Healing Guide with Spiritual Exercises. I am over here on the other side of the deep, dark cavern abyss that you're facing right now, of the unknown. I'm here waving, cheering you on to take your next right step to the other side. And one of those steps is to educate yourself and gain all the healing tools that have helped me cross my own bridge to the other side and have a life full of abundance and love and peace away from the narcissist. You can find my book on Amazon and listen on Audible today. I just finished an interview on the Empowered Spirit podcast with Terry Hyman, and I'm so excited to share with you our takeaways. Terry and I both have experienced a narcissistic abusive relationship and realized that our spiritual awakening is what shifted us out of the victim mentality. I shared in the podcast how human design can be an empowering tool to understand your own authentic self and release and let go of all the lies that the narcissist places on you. And I shared as an empath to understand how to shine your unique light out through a screen rather than soaking the negative energy up like a sponge. You don't want to miss this. Subscribe to the Empowered Spirit Show by Terry Hyman to listen to my episode airing very soon. And always subscribe to Empath and the Narcissist to follow along in the Human Design series on Tuesdays. If you want personal help in gaining clarity, your authentic power back, and healing to be rid of the narcissist for good, join our Empath community and receive sparkle reminder inspiration every Saturday and strategies to heal from narcissist abuse. Plus, get your free human design chart summary and free 20-minute support call with me. As soon as you're in, I'll gift you your human design reading with your type, strategy, and inner authority. So join now and get your reading within 24 hours. I'm so grateful for you listening, finding the show, and sharing it with your friends. It would give a great boost in the heart-centered algorithm to rate and review this podcast if you are enjoying it. Take a screenshot, share it on your socials, share it in a text message to a friend that you know right now needs to be pulled out of the quicksand. And remember, always keep your unique light shining.
Losing time, I'm fading fast. I just wanna make it last. Try to let go of the past. I close my eyes, embrace the blast. Sleepless nights and headache stack. Restlessness to hell and back. What's my purpose? What do I grab? A slippery surface, a heart attack. And sometimes you just gotta believe There's something that'll give you relief There's something that'll have what you need What you need We're broken, it's tragic We're not all elastic But maybe there's magic, believe